Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linford, and I'm here today with an inspiring lady who has got a voice like an angel. She is a professional jazz and soul singer, and it is the wonderful Maxine Ryan. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. What an honour it is to be on your on your podcast. You've had amazing guests, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Well, actually, we were saying, weren't we, before we started, that we've had pretty much the whole family on because we've had your, your lovely your lovely mum on, um, Anne-Marie. We also had your brother, Dodge Woodall, on as well. So we're, you're like, you know, you're completing the set, Maxine. So great to see you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Fabulous. So listen, we are going to get to know all about you, Max, and we're going to have a lot of like, you know, interesting conversations about how you've pivoted in your career and what you're doing now compared to what you were doing before. But it would be great if you could just give us a quick canter through how you've ended up here and then we're going to um, kick off from there. Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, I am a professional soul and jazz singer. And I've done many, many things that gets that's got me to this point. That's all I do now. And it's been a journey and a half, let me tell you. Um, I've done many things in the corporate world prior to this. I've done event management. I was head of customer services for a really large organization with a massive, massive deliverables. I'll start using all the old, all the old speak now. Huge, you know. Stretching targets, massive deliverables, large team, and many disciplines that I was responsible for. Um, Yeah, I've just done so many things. Um, But underneath all of that for about the last 30 years, my desire has been to be a professional singer. And whilst I was singing at the weekends, whilst doing those sort of full-on grown-up jobs, as I call them, um, I was singing at weekends. And it's been a huge journey, a massive inner journey as well, because, you know, to get up and to get up and to be able to be comfortable in your own skin in front of hundreds, if sometimes thousands of people is a massive emotional journey that you have to go on because you're faced with every single negative self-concept of yourself every time you step on stage. That's been my experience. So there has been a huge learning, a deep, deep spiritual learning and a deep spiritual um, journey that I've been on over the last 30 years that's brought me to, to this point. Oh, wow. Fantastic. So that, that's brilliant. And we're going to hear from you shortly. We're going to hear, well, hearing your voice now, but we're going to hear your singing voice shortly. But before we do that, do you want to just also touch on kind of I suppose where you where you grew up and and what life was like, you know, childhood and things like that, so that we can kind of get the the early years, if you like, with Maxine when you were sort of in those formative years. Because I know you were very, you know, you're very close to to your mum and and your and your family as well. Uh, so yeah, 
talk through that a little bit? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Uh, I mean, the overarching term, I would say, is very unconventional and a very unconventional upbringing, um, which has been the making of me. And... Um, so my, my parents were very young, very cool, very zhuzhi, zhuzhi, and uh, they worked in casinos and had pubs. Um, my stepdad had uh, a, a menagerie, do we call it that? He loved animals. I'm sure you know from Dodge, you know, you had parrots and monkeys and matching. We had about, I think, 30 tropical but matching birds at one point, ducks, geese, I mean, you name it. So we grew up with, it was just wild. Um, and growing up in pubs had its sort of pros and cons. The pros were we, you know, we learned about life. We learned about, um, yeah, we grew up very quickly. And the cons were, um, you know, it's a tricky place to bring up kids and whatnot because you're exposed to different things that might not be, uh, might not be good. But anyway, that, that, that's, that's our, that was our upbringing um and then um yeah that's that's the only thing I could say it's a very unconventional upbringing our parents were very young and cool and very hard working actually really hard working I think because they didn't come from anything um and it was in the 80s where it was just like more is more you remember that one guy, that with the money, you know, and all that. And it's very yeah. flash. Um, but, you know, my, my parents, very, very, very hardworking people, and they did their absolute best to provide for me and my brother and to give us all of the, the finer things. They gave, us, they gave us everything that money could buy. They really did, and I'm eternally grateful for that. And uh, they're very, um, particularly my mum, uh, very down to earth and wouldn't take a nanosecond to tell you about yourself, <laughs> which is good. I Fantastic. Well, well, we'll talk about your mum a little bit later and, and sort of, you know, because obviously we've had you, had your mum on, on the uh, on the podcast and she's, unfortunately she's no longer with us. So we I know that's emotional and um, but I feel really honoured to have had the chance to get to know your mum a little bit more. The high healer uh, but we'll, we'll maybe we'll, talk, we'll we will touch on that later if that's all right Maxine yeah of course before we do that I'd love to hear a little a little a little blast from you if we may so we can uh, expose this wonderful voice of yours so do you want to give okay. a, little, yeah. a little shout <laughs> okay so darling darling stand by me oh stand by me Oh, stand, stand by me, stand by me. Woo! Fantastic! Wow, Maxine, you have got such an incredible voice. You really have. It's um, amazing. I mean, I've heard you sing a few times, but that is oh, got all goose pimply. I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyone listening, this is the kind of the kind of quality singing and, and the, the soulfulness in your voice is, is really strong, isn't it? And I know you're passionate about soul and jazz. So, and, and you were singing at the weekends. You said that, you know, you were in the corporate world, you were busy running big teams and, you know, all the pressure that comes with, with those kind of roles. Um, but you were doing, you had almost a moonlighting at the weekend um, as a singer. 
Um, and and how 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 was that? You know, were you were you in London? Were you doing sort of small gigs? You know, how were you actually sort of getting that early start in your singing kind of life, if you like, before you you know went all in and made made a big change over? Hmm. Well. So I had, as I said, so I had that, the the job, the nine till, well, I say nine till five, they're those sorts of jobs are never nine till fives, are they? They're weekends, not, you know, but it, yeah, I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it until I didn't. Um, so I did that in the week and then at weekends, it was just, um, I started off in gospel choirs. So did all sorts of things with gospel choirs. And then I started branching out on my own, did some dance stuff, some dance releases. And then I got into jazz and then I started doing jazz gigs and then just got on the scene. And it just really went on from there. Um, And I did that uh, for, say, 15 years, say. And then the last five years is just when I just thought, right, I've got to completely go. It's like it's now or never. It got to that point. Um, I'm not married. I don't have kids. So other than the role that I had, I didn't have any other responsibilities. And uh, it was becoming, I was becoming exhausted. I was like exhausted. And I'm I'm a, a, a person that's full of life and passion, you know, but I was just like, I'm burning out. Like, and so what happened was it came in the last year of the particular role I was doing it was just become untenable my my team was getting smaller the work was getting bigger it was just too much and I'm a complete finisher so I'd be like oh let me just I'll cut off my right arm shall I to make sure this job's done oh no I'll give my left lung to make sure it's done and no 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 and then I just thought to myself right I had had a wish to study at Guildhall School of Music and Drama, which is one of the most prestigious um, music conservatoires in Europe, in the world, some would say. And I just thought, I'm just going to apply. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to apply. It's now or never. Do I want to be 70, sitting in a flat with a goatee and a load of cats? No. This is my life we're talking about. There's nothing stopping me, only this. So I applied and I got in. I got into this really prestigious music school. I couldn't believe it. And I didn't write, I didn't read and write music. So I did it all by ear, which nearly, honestly, it nearly killed me. I can't even begin to tell you the pressure I was under. And me being me was doing deep therapy at the time as well as doing a master's at Guildhall. I mean, just nuts, you know. Oh, and I did I did a project called 90 Gigs in 90 Days on top, just, just, to, you know, just to make me feel even more pressure. Uh, but that's just me. Um, so I did, did all that. And then basically since then and after COVID, I have just been plugging away, plugging away. You know, we met in Clubhouse. I would go into Clubhouse. I would literally sing a cappella in the business rooms. I did my own show every Sunday on Clubhouse with Dave Itell. He would we he would come over illegally and we would do, um, yeah, we'd, I'd literally just sing into my phone every Sunday night. So I did a show, like a global show, a mix of jazz and soul. And from there, I've met some incredible pre people yourself being one of them and then slowly slowly you know we're coming out of the pandemic and things are really picking up you know I've got I'm getting some really nice gigs I've some lovely wedding gigs some corporate gigs I mean we did the women in construction awards at the Park Plaza on 
um, just this Friday with Michaela Wayne, lovely lady. Um, just loads, loads and loads and loads of stuff is coming now. And it's just like, I'm focused. I'm here. This is my God job. This is me. This is who I am. I'm here. I'm here to stay. Hello. I'm here. You know, <laughs> I sing soul, jazz, funk, disco. I work with London's most finest musicians. We put on a wonderful show and any event that is happening, you want to book me because we really add value. And I've been working on myself for 30 years. So you're not just getting a singer, you're getting a whole heap of love that has been blasted out of this human being, blessing, touching, soothing, healing every person in that event. Oh, fantastic. My God, there's so much in it. So we're gonna we're gonna dig around a little bit, uh, Maxine, into some of the stuff that you you've just kind of shared. So you know when you were actually first applying and you made that like kind of big leap of faith, I'm gonna apply and, and all the rest of it. Did you did you did you feel comfortable doing that and 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 confident or did you think oh my god do I fit in can I do it because I think sometimes we have that little voice in our head don't we that little gremlin that can our worst enemy and and it can stop us in our tracks and the fear of judgment or failure or all this stuff it, it can be really debilitating but you made that jump and anyone that's listening no matter what they do, whether they want to become a professional singer, whether they want to start a business or, I don't know, all these big changes, it takes courage and bravery, you know, uh, brave, bold, brilliant. So just talk us through that and 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 how did you overcome that sort of maybe fear that you felt when you were and then you got in? Yeah. Um, well, I think because what was going on at work, I felt like I was getting pushed into a corner and I knew that was coming to an end within me because I'm a happy person and I just thought, I'm getting stressed out. I'm becoming a stress head. I'm not a stress head. This is, no. So I knew that there was some, you know, it was, I needed to jump. I needed to do something else. Remember, I was in my mid-40s. That position was secure, well-paid, all the rest of it. And I thought, I'm going around in bloody circles here. I'm going around in circles. I'm not doing it anymore. So I just thought, you just got to go for it. Of course, I would have had insecurities um, because I, I didn't re- read or write music. All of my uh, um, skills are experiential. I've been gigging for 20 years, so I can do it, but the dots and all of that, oh. Um, so I just thought, just go for it. If you don't get in, at least you tried. But what if you do? What if you do? And I did. Yeah, what if? Two really powerful words, two little words, but put them together. My God, that's where magic happens, isn't it? Which is what's happened with you. Incredible. 100%. So let's talk about the intensiveness of the training, because for people that don't understand what's involved, I mean, jazz is very technical anyways. And I'm, listen, I'm not creative. I'm not musical. I'm tone deaf completely. But I know from, from sort of talking to you previously that it is quite an intense um, music genre to get into to get around it's very complex it's deep there's lots of different layers um so just talk about what was involved in the in the the, the kind of the education side and, and getting qualified and and jazz in particular why that is so complex and 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 uh, exciting but complex as well well you have to know music um 
So part of the trade, so I did two years. So my first year was preparing me for the master's and then my second year was the master's. So I have a, a master's degree in jazz voice. That's what my master's is in performance. So we got to learn how to improvise, to scat, which is, which you ha- you know you have to know the chords, you have to know the chord structure of songs. So we go through the American songbook and learn those songs, learn standard scats, you know, from say Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughan, um, Carmen McRae, all of these incredible iconic singers. You'd have to learn a lot of their stuff um, and work with other instrumentalists. Um, rhythm. We had to write a big band. Uh, we had to write a, a big band chart and then perform it with a, a big band, which was just like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, all these things. And then the performances. And then so when you perform, you get judged on your performance um, from the moment you walk on stage to the moment you walk off. You know, you'll be giving. Con- constructive feedback um bearing in mind that the tutors there are absolutely world class there's no other there's no other uh, term for them they are utterly outstanding musicians there's nothing about music that they don't know um and I feel so blessed that I've been able to um come into contact with that knowledge and my personal tutors, Lee Gibson and um, Leanne Carroll, Tina May, all of these wonderful jazz singers, they were just so encouraging and so kind and so honest. And so they just wanted you to really do the best for you, you know. And as I said, thinking other things, you know, I'd go into a lesson with them and I'd come out thinking, you've just given me a bag of diamonds. A bag of diamonds and when when you're working on anything that's so personal to you it's like the tiniest progress the tiniest increment of something it feels huge because you just think oh my god I couldn't have heard that a month ago and now I can hear it I can hear the difference in that um but I think the main thing it gave me is co- you know more confidence uh, more confidence in some way and it made me less confident in other ways because it just made me think oh my god there's just so much I don't know you know ignorance is bliss um but nevertheless you know I did it I did my best and I have a master's in jazz voice from Guildhall so amazing honestly that is so inspiring because you know regardless of what field people are in or what business they're in or what profession they're in you know, to, to make that leap, to, to commit yourself fully, you know, heart and soul, as you did, and financially, you know, because this is not easy to go back and study um, at that point of your life and make those financial sacrifices. But, you know, it, it strikes me that you are exactly where you should be. And, you you know, you've really found your reason why and what what's what's your purpose in life. And I think some people never find it. Um, or some people are too scared to maybe even think about it in case what that might bring up. But for you, you know, you're absolutely living the life by design that you have created because you've had the balls to do it. Um, and, and that shines through, Maxine. It really does. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I was lucky enough at an early age in my 20s to start working on myself. And so I knew mid-90s what I wanted to do 
uh, it came to me. I, w- I did a, um, a personal development workshop in Hawaii for a couple of weeks. And just before I flew out, I thought, that's it. I'm going to become a singer. I mean, it's, thir- you know, it's taken 30 years. But the- and every single bit has been absolutely you know, needed for it. Um, and a big part of that is stopping drinking alcohol because at the time I was very much in the rave scene. And like, again, that even though, you know, the music was a big attraction to me, but obviously you can't live that lifestyle. So I knew mid-20s what I wanted to do, but m- 31 when I stopped drinking alcohol and uh, taking other additives, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's when things really started to change because I started to clean up. I cleaned my act up. I got I got clean. I got clean and sober. And so from then, that's when things really started to take off, you know, properly. And, um, yeah, so now, you know, here I am doing wonderful gigs with my master's degree and very clear that this is my God job. This is my purpose. I knew, as I said, in my early 20s, that this was my purpose. I just didn't quite understand the amount of work. Oh, my God, the amount of work I had to do. There's no area of my psyche that hasn't been under the microscope because of the work that I've had to, uh, the emotional and spiritual work that I've had to um, have done uh, as a part of something else that I do in terms of being clean and sober. So little did I know when I made that decision in November 1994, I wanted to become a singer, that I'd have to clean all that up. But I did. Fantastic. Honestly, I love your honesty, um, Maxine, as well, because a lot of people, you know, in, in that world as well of music, gigs, venues, you know, all of that kind of stuff that is very social. Um, and there is a lot of alcohol. I mean, the travel industry is quite is very social as well. There's a lot of boozy events and nights and things like that. And if you're an entertainer, I mean, that, I guess, is part and parcel. It comes with the territory, really. So was it was it a very difficult ta- decision to stop drinking and, 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 and other substances? Or was it an easy decision? Um, and and actually, how hard was it in reality to stop? You know, did you did we were there times when you were like, oh my god, you know, I really, I really crave a drink, or there's a lot of social pressure to have a drink or whatever it might be. How hard was it? Once I decided to stop, that was it. That really was it. So there were a number of things, the terms rock bottom. There was a, I had a few rock bottoms along the way, right? Just my behaviour was out and I was just like, because I was a binge drinker. That's that was my issue. I didn't drink every day. I wasn't addicted to alcohol. I wasn't addicted to drugs or anything like that. It, I was a binge drinker, but those binges were dangerous. So um, there was a few, yeah, about four or five times I was just thought, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do it. I can't have another hangover. I can't do it. Um, so once, So that moment when I decided to stop, that was it then. I got the help that I needed. And, um, yeah, I've never looked back since. And for me, when I drink, alcohol is like the first domino for me. So if I drink, I'm going to smoke. If I drink, I'm going to take drugs. If I drink, I'm going to find stupid for dry humping, shall we say. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, it's like it's like the first dog, that monster's out and it's not going out, you know. And so I I had to uh, understand that aspect of me, you know, and I don't need to do that. I can still be powerful and fun and gregarious and all that, but I just don't do that because it it can turn and I don't I don't have a stop button and therein lies the problem. Yeah, no, that that's really um really honest actually of you. And I think probably a lot of people would probably recognise maybe that in themselves uh, at different times, um for sure. So so well on the personal development side of things, obviously this was something that you went on a journey with. Your mum was also, you know, very much in this world herself, wasn't she, in terms of the transformation she made personally, her journey. Um, was that an influence? You know, maybe we can talk about your mum a little bit, if it's okay, Max. Yeah, of course. She, yeah. Really, she really was an inspiring lady and continues to inspire, may I say. You know, long, her, her, her light shone so bright. Um, you know, it, it feels strange that she's not physically here but she's here you know um so can we talk a little bit about your mum and yeah of course the personal development side and and was your mum part of the reason why you went on that journey as well um, on the personal development yeah 100 percent. i mean I, I feel she's here now i feel a spirit with me all the time i really do um a powerful powerful woman um absolutely because she so it's in the early 90s, I think, she went on a, on a sort of like a, a, a transformational weekend workshop with this. Can I name specific people? Or Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, yeah, because I, yeah, okay. So there was this uh, psychologist called Chuck Spasano, and he specialises in relationships, and he was doing workshops. And my mum had done some weekends, and then I went to one of those weekends. I think it was 1993, I think. And then that really was the start of my spiritual journey. Literally, I was sitting there. Is it the vagus nerve? Anyway, I was sitting there and I just went like that. I was like, oh, my God, what, what just happened? And then something went like that. And I was just like, something's been released. It was so bizarre. It was really bizarre. And I'd never, ever felt relaxed like that before in my life, ever. Um, so the first bit of work that I started doing was with was with him and the psychology of vision, and that was just really powerful. And it was that that particular um, psychology, shall we say, that I flew out to Hawaii to do a couple of weeks with again, which was just like you know life changing, really. Um, so yeah, she was very instrumental. That was the start of my uh, spiritual journey, and then since then, oh my god, you might as well say, "What haven't you done?" Do you know what I mean? Like forum, NLP, um, every kind of therapy you can imagine. Uh, John Bradshaw in a child, all the tapping, the dip, dip, dobbing. Do you know what I mean? Like, everything you can imagine. I've done and how I'm not levitating by now I do not know <laughs> maybe you've become addicted to personal development and this journey of discovery maybe you've replaced the you know everything that was going on in the yeah. you know the the clubbing world the party yeah. world with with this and and yeah it's it's a much healthier hundred uh, percent yeah, I mean it has all calmed down now. I, I try and keep, I try and keep some modicum of balance these days. 
Yeah. What, what, have been, what have been the big shifts for you, Maxine, then, in this whole journey? I mean, obviously, it's very pri- private and personal to you, but what, what are the big revelations, if you like? I mean, you could probably talk about this for hours and hours, but just a bit of a flavour of sort of the big shifts in you as a person through this whole journey. Okay. Journey. So I think definitely stopping um, drinking alcohol and everything that went with that. That was pivotal. Doing all, you know, this huge amount of work of, introspection and and healing healing a lot of self-loathing actually if I'm being really honest self-loathing self-hatred toxic shame familial familial shame all of these things that I believe uh, create the blocks in the mind to shining um so that um and then, you know, as a result of that, going on to get some very, uh, really responsible jobs, you know, and then creating a nice life for myself in terms of, yeah, you know, just a, a, a nice life, nice holidays, nice things, just a nice life. And then getting to a point with that and then studying at Guildhall. And then here I am now, you know, 30 years on kind of like feeling like I'm really ready for the next stage of my life now. That's how I feel. Like I feel, of course, I'm all, we're always a work in progress. I'm always a work in progress, but I think I've just done so much work now. Now it's like, I just want to, I just want to sing and perform and do what I call my God job, my purpose. Mm, yeah. Amazing. And, you know, I think it's important this context actually, Maxine, because there are singers and there are singers, right? And and everyone is different. Everyone, uh, you know, some are some are better or worse. Some are like certain persons' uh, bags. Some are not. But what I think is really special about you is is one, you're you're very open and honest. But what you said earlier, you're not just singing. You bring in your heart and your soul, and it's all single person in that room that's listening to you, or whichever the venue is. It's like they're they're being enveloped not just by your voice but by the whole you and all of kind of energy and emotion and love and progress that you've made as a person it's like this outpouring from you it's not just listening to a singer in my opinion and I think what makes you really special oh thank you I mean I do it's like before I try and I obviously I pray before so it's like a spiritual experience if you like so I pray before I just try to say, you know, just use me, God, just, you you know, use me. I bless people, you know, send them bless. Not I bless, you know, I'm not Pope, but it's like, you know, send blessings to people, you know, in the audience. So it's a really beautiful, loving experience. That's, and it's almost like music is the ruse almost. It's like, that's the conduit, but it's, uh, yeah. And also the fact that I'm working with such amazing musicians, the vibration of the music, you know, whether it's chilled background or smack round the chops main act, you know, it's like, it's, it's powerful stuff. And I think live music's really important for human beings. And I want to be able to share that with other human beings. Live music's really important. And I feel like it's somehow being quite like, we're not allowed it or something. I don't know. It's weird, but, you know, so it's important to me. And, um, yeah, it's very important to me, live music. Yeah. Well, it's human connection, isn't it? You know, I mean, and that's the thing. What do we all crave? We all we all want to be loved, feel safe, 
you know, connecting on a human, spiritual, whatever. I'm not, I'm not talking religion necessarily, you know, but whatever that 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 connectivity is, and and that's what it brings, isn't it? Live, alive. And also, you know, I mean, I was, I mean, gosh, we've all done this, you know, a song comes on the radio and it takes you back to a moment in your life or either happy time, sad time, but it's so, so evocative, isn't it? You know, the emotions that come music, all kinds of music. And um, I think that's the thing. It's not just the song. It's, it's, it's the meaning. Really. Yes. The memories. 100%. Especially with the stuff we do, you know, like all the jazz standards and the soul classics. That's lovely, you know, because people might not heard them for a while. And you could see, you know, like people going, oh, 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 you know. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, I've got a, a, a good friend, actually, who does a lot of work with um, people with dementia and with Parkinson's. And, um, well, actually, on the dementia side and, and Alzheimer's, that side of it, he makes films called My Life Films. And because the whole imagery and music, is, it can be really um, beneficial for someone that's you know got Alzheimer's or dementia because it brings back happy. It brings a little bit of that person back. Um, which has which has been lost in in so yeah I think it's amazing what you're doing and and let's talk a little bit Max around um around your network because you talked about the incredible musicians that you work with today and I know that you you're very choosy and picky who you work with you know which is important because it, you know it's your reputation it's your personal brand as well um but but your network and and how you kind of have made that work for you is important for anyone i think but um yeah what what what's networking done for you and and what's the approach you tend to take to it okay that is just such a good question and so topical because before say the last year and i don't know year and a half or whatever i never really uh, uh, sort of understood the value of networking i didn't i didn't quite i didn't get it and now i understand how key it is because we're all connect you know it's that one degree away or whatever the, the saying is it's like all these connections that I need human beings I don't just need human beings for my emotional and spiritual well-being I need human beings for those connections in terms of business and being able to provide a service an excellent professional service <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um and so what I've been doing, so first of all, is getting on the old socials, which before COVID, I call them the COVIDs, before the COVIDs, just humour, before the COVIDs, um, it was just my sort of small circle, really. And I might put something up every now and again on Facebook, but I wasn't interested in social media, really. I just thought, well, I've got a real life. Why have I got a I've got to put it out there. Oh, I'm having a cup of tea. Oh, well, I'm, I'm finishing a cup of tea. Oh, I'm having another cup. Of tea. You know, like, but it's, it's, it, we're in a different world now. We're in a completely different world. So, in terms of social networks, I've been, yeah, definitely, I'm in the process of building my profile. I'm on most of the main platforms, you know, Instagram, Facebook, started LinkedIn recently. Um, TikTok, I'm just starting. It's just like, oh, you know. So the social networks are absolutely key. And then in terms of uh, business networks, throughout um, uh, the coat, throughout lockdown, I was on Clubhouse a lot, which is great for business networking. And I met a lot of really good people. Some have actually become true genuine friends and others are just really lovely acquaintances you know so a group of people um that I met so that's one network um 
and other networks I've I belong to various other networks that I attend and I contribute to um, online and in person and I just think it's really key to attend different networks because I never know who I'm going to meet ever and that person who knows that person or someone's like oh no they're having a charity thing can you do it there oh no can they but you just you don't know you know you just don't know and equally I know some really good people as well. So I'm like, oh, no, I couldn't put you in contact with that. Oh, no, my brother does that. Oh, no, he's doing it. You know, so um, the, the power of it, in the last year, I've really begin to, began to understand and long may it continue. Because there's some fabulous people in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I, I, I agree with you. I think it's incredibly powerful. I mean, and, and I always say to, you know, when I mentor people in particular, you know, and we talk about networking and, and being very, proactive with that not just letting it so I mean yes you're always networking to a certain degree but but be proactive you know put time and effort into it you know commit to go to x number of events or to reach out to people on social media whatever it may be but be intentional with it and I always say start from the point of giving first right because if you lead with value for other people how can I help it might be sharing an article or connecting you to someone or maybe give a bit of advice or Someone might just need a bit of input into their CV or whatever it is, you know, leave with value because I'm a massive believer that the law of reciprocity has its way of working, its magic. And it's not giving to receive. I don't mean that. But I just think if you're a kind person, you put things out in the world, you're not always thinking, well, what's in it for me? Um, you will get that anyway because you're being a good person helping others. And it comes back to you, doesn't it? Um, 100%. 100%. I'm a great believer in that because it's vibration, isn't it? You know, if you're putting out good vibes, yeah, I can help you with that. No problem. You know, you're in the flow. And that flow is giving and, you know, giving and receiving and giving and receiving. And it's just like, and it's it's nice to be able to do good things. That gives one self-esteem. It gives me self-esteem. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And it's, all, it's interesting, isn't it? Because very often I think where pe- people judge, right, everyone judges. That's human nature. And I always, you know, say, oh, I'm scared. I don't know what to say. And I say, well, listen, here's the thing, right? People are going to judge you anyway, like it or not. They are. They're going to judge you. They're going to judge what you wear, how you speak, you know, what you what you say, everything. Um, so you may as well put yourself out to the world for something that you believe in, and you're and accept you're not going to be everyone's bag, and that's all right. You're not here to 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 be all things to all men and women. So once I think you get your head around that, and you just think, well, you know, how bad can it be? I'll just get out there try and be a nice person and, and do do good things by others. And actually, you never know who's in the room. And as you say, you never know. And it's often the person that's maybe in the scruffy trainers in the corner that's the multi-billionaire or is the person that's going to actually be the record producer or whatever. So try not to judge people just by what they're wearing or how they look. Give people a chance because you just don't know, do you? Treat people with respect and kindness, no matter what what they're wearing. Hundred <laughs> percent, and I, I, I really agree with what you're saying. And I think since the passing of my mum, that's been amplified in me even more. It's just like vaccine. Don't be attached to the outcome. Just do it. Just show up. Just do it. People are going to think what they think. It's none of my business what people think. You just do you. You're on a mission. You're going to be dead soon. That's the fact. 
you're going to be dead soon. We're all going to be dead soon. So I'm still here. I'm still, I'm still breathing. I've still got life. So I'm going to live my life to the full. And obviously losing a parent to cancer and going through that, holding that space for a year, then passing, it's been six months now. I cannot tell you the leveler that that is and the great leveler that that is. And it's just like, just live your life. Be happy. Be happy. Be nice. Live your life. Yeah. And your mum, I mean, she was so proud of you, you and Dodge, you know, wasn't she? And I'm sure she's, you know, she's still there, her light shining bright and just being so pleased with what you're doing and, and how carrying yourself. How, how hard has it been? I mean, I don't want to get into, into sort of, you know, uncomfortable territory at all, Max. You know, I lost my dad 10 years ago and and I was a mess, you know what I mean, for a long time. Um, and, and I don't think you ever really get over it. You just learn to, to live live with it, you know. But I remember just feeling very lost. And, and at one point I said to Chris, um, if I don't start feeling more myself soon, I, I am going to go and get some counselling. I'm going to go and see someone. As it happened, I sort of managed to process it in my own way with a lot of support from people around me. but. It is, it is hard. Dealing with grief is just horrendous, isn't it? It's all very fresh for you as well. And has the music helped you, Maxine, do you think? Because has that been a big part of your, your grieving process, do you think? I think? I think the fact that I've done so much work on myself prior to her passing has been a great help. So I've cleared out so much rot, you know, um, and... The music is my mission. That is my mission. So that's never going to go away. I can't ever see that going away. So that's, um, it's like, come on, get, you know, get back on it, get back on it. First two months, I was just like, I just don't want to talk. Just all I want to do is be in my bedroom with YouTube on. Don't want to talk, don't want to engage. Just leave me alone like that. Fine, two months. It's been six months now. And I feel like it's, um, the only way I can describe it, it's like I'm coming to, like, oh, like a, a coming to. Um, and I'm grateful for all of the blessings that she's left. And um, she made me very, very strong. She made me strong because you think she got pregnant at 17, strict Catholic family. She had a shotgun wedding in a very working class family. In Manchester and, and luckily for her she was incredibly beautiful so you know she was able to use that asset shall we say in progressing and she went on to the you know in many ways a very successful life so I uh, yeah she's made me very strong so I can focus on all the blessings that she's left and that's what I will hold on to the blessings that she's left me and even though we had a difficult relationship. That's the truth of it. You know, I loved her and she loved me, but our relationship was like that. But that made me very strong and that I'm grateful. And I said to my brother the other day, you know, my, maybe that's what her purpose was. Maybe that's what her angelic purpose was, just to make me strong. And she certainly did that. Mm. Oh, amazing. Honestly, thank you for sharing that, Maxine. It's really beautiful. And uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Um, okay, so we're going to come to um, towards the end now. Um, but Maxine, I want you to talk about the the live events that you've got coming up and everything you're doing because 
there's going to be so many people that are listening to this that are going to want to be able to either book you for their own uh, their own gigs or to be able to to kind of join others and see you live and in, in various events you've got planned. So do you want to just talk us through one, how can people find you? Um the best way to connect. And and then what you've got coming up, what's you know, what's in the diary, what's sort of in the pipeline for you so people can kind of watch out for when all that stuff lands. Okay, wonderful. Okay. So my obviously my name is Maxine Ryan and I spell Maxine with a Y. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and my website is maxineryan.com. I'd say I'm most active on Instagram, I would say, but any of those things, if you go or go to the website and can email me or call me from the website. Um, and what we do is um, we do jazz, we do soul, we do funk, we do disco. And I work with a whole range of musicians and I have various ensembles. So we can do really exquisite sheet background music, whether that's jazz, like drinks reception, jazz or soul um, or, um, you know, like a more upbeat. You get like a four piece band and that stuff, you know, like we are family and I feel you know, dancing, a dance set, you know. And what I say, we do feel good classics. So anything that makes you feel good, that's what we play. So it's a mix of those, say, four areas. So that's the sort of music that we do. And I can be booked from anything from a duo up to an eight-piece band. So And and anyway, we'll travel anywhere in the world. If you've got the budget, we'll travel. We'll do it. Um, And, yeah, as I said, we're super professional. So the last couple of months we've been doing corporate events, obviously wedding season, quite a fair few weddings and um, some private parties, some 60th, 70th, like I said, all of those sorts of events we do. Um, they're the things that I've got booked in the diary. I get booked a lot for private events. So people do say, oh, where can I come and sit? And it's like, oh, I can't, I can't invite you to private events. But later on today, I'm going to be looking at some venues. So I'll be putting on my own event. Woo! Late, yeah, late October, early November. And then my... Um, plan is to maybe do something every other month so regardless of where I'm being booked privately I'll have my own event that I can invite people to and then I'll start advertising that on social so maybe the best thing to do is just to follow one of those follow me on one of those platforms but I'd say I'm most active on Instagram I'd say yeah Um, what else can I say yeah, just anyone who's interested, just get in touch, get in touch with a quote. Really reasonable rates, exquisite, super professional, because not only with the singing, but remember what I've done before. So I've got that business side and that corporate side as well, where it is, you know what I mean? So yeah, you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You get a really, really good, you get a great band and um, a lot of experience, and we, I, I'll know what you need by, you know, the conversations that we have. and. Uh, I usually get five star reviews. I'm sure you. <laughs> I'm sure I wouldn't expect anything less. But yeah, super exciting. Then I think that's great to be able to, you know, not only do all of the private events and the, you know, the the bookings that you have there, but also so that a broader group of people are going to be able to come and see you. And that's going to be down in London, isn't it, Maxine? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. So watch this space. So Maxine, I have got a couple of final questions, if I may, and then. I will ask you to, to close us out with a, with a little song, if you don't mind. We've had the first and last impression of your beautiful voice. So, but before we do that, um, when you think about your illustrious career, 
um, and your life, your personal life you've had, can you think of the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? I should probably my mum. Just do it. In a northern accent, just do it. <laughs> I love it. Short and simple, but yes, powerful. And you've definitely just done it, haven't you? <laughs> Amazing. I love that. I love that. And any bad advice that you've had, Maxine, over the years, either you took and it didn't work out well and you regretted it, or you maybe you ignored it and you were really relieved that you hadn't followed, you know, certain advice? I, can't, I honestly can't think of any bad advice. Maybe because I've just all day just ignored it anyway. I don't know. I can't. I can't really think of any bad advice. Any bad advice? I don't know because if I'd made my mind, if someone's given me what I would have called bad advice, I'd have mostly just dismissed it. So it's not going to be in my mind anyway. Yeah, you've binned it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it. Yeah. Totally. No, that's and hey, listen, and that's that's great, isn't it? To be and that's the thing with advice. It's exactly that. You choose what you do with it, <laughs> right? So, so that's cool. So the podcast, Maxine, as you know, is called Brave, Bold and Brilliant, which you are all three. But when you hear that, what, what does it mean to you? Oh, brave. Okay, so brave for me is, yes, I have many insecurities. Yes, I have many issues. Yes, I am scared. And I do it anyway. That's brave to me. Bold is bold is just oh, just get out there, just be you, just be you. And brilliant is brilliant. I think brilliant is also being like authentic as well. Good, bad, ugly, warts, everything. That's been brilliant because it's been true. Love it, fantastic! Oh, that's incredible, Maxine. So, are you up for giving us a little, a little bit of a blast? Another bit of acapella. Yeah, yeah bit, um, I love it. Okay. <laughs> I see the crystal raindrops fall. And the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through. To make those rainbows in my mind. When I think of you sometime and I want to spend some time with you. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Just the two of us, just the two of us, building castles in the sky, just the two of us, you and I. Oh, fabulous. What a way to end. My God, Maxine, this is the first I have never had a singer on Brave, Bold, Brilliant and certainly not one of your calibre and quality and the passion and soul you bring to it. Oh, Maxine, I have loved chatting with you, honestly. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Oh, thank you for having me. Lovely to see you. Yeah, let's get together soon. <laughs> 100%. Sending lots of love to you, Max. Have a fabulous day. Bye. Bye. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.